think what I've been taught at university studying business is a lot to focus on numbers and data, which I like. I like uh, to have um, something solid to base your opinion on. Yet in business, I found that intuition is often a very good, uh, yeah, very good to follow because it's just never wrong. If something doesn't feel right, uh, go with your guts and uh, either go for it or not, but depending on what your intuition tells you. And uh, there have been moments in my career that I just thought, well, the numbers indicate differently. So I'm just going to ignore my intuition and my feelings. And it always turned out bad. So I would say just follow your intuition. It knows the way. Welcome to another episode of Communicating Purpose. I'm John Higginson, founder of Higginson Strategy, and I believe the most effective way to get a message across in the media is purpose-led communication. This is when you talk about why you do something rather than what you do. And by talking about your why, you become passionate. And your, your passion becomes the passion of others. And this is the superpower of purpose. Today, I'm joined by Willemine Peters, the founder and CEO of Dutch innovation consultancy, Serious Business. Serious Business works with businesses and governments to help analyze their environmental impact and find solutions, particularly around plastic, which benefit themselves and the planet. Willemine started her career at Philips as a business controller before spending 11 years with businesses on their social responsibility at Dutch NGOs, Nature and Environment and Switch. This background helped inform Serious Business's commitment to working constructively with businesses on sustainability. Serious Business's work focuses on the packaging, furniture and consumer electronic sectors, helping to implement circular economy principles and reduce plastic waste. Amongst their key projects is their work with the fishing industry to help tackle plastic waste from fishing gear, their engagement with island nations and implement guides to eliminating at waste and their guide to identifying the tackling of plastic footprint on the office. Willemine is Ocean Ambassador of the Netherlands and is currently advising the UN on the negotiations for the Global Plastics Treaty. Willemine, thank you very much for joining me. Happy to be here. So just tell me a bit more about the business and your and your journey to setting it up. Okay, so Serious Business is a social enterprise, so a for-profit company, but very much mission-driven. So we run projects that really focus on avoiding plastic waste, and we measure this as well. So how much tons of plastic waste will we avoid with our customers? And these typically are major users of plastics, so big companies around the globe. Um, And we try to help them both in strategy and in implementation support. Great. And what's been one of your biggest um, wins uh, in in, in serious business? I think one of the biggest wins is that we are now recognized as um, a company that can actually make a difference, so really can support tangible results. Um, Very much have a dedicated team uh, of people that are equally driven to to really look at how can you keep plastics in the economy and outside of the environment. And that shows from the different types of major companies we're working with, a lot of them in packaging, 
but also with crossovers to governments to see if we can have policies that create uh, can create a new level playing field or that will totally change the rules of the game. And any particular communications wins that you feel 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 very proud of? Well, there's a couple that I'm particularly proud of. I think it's always a big a bit of a victory when you seem to be um, aware of all the dev- developments moving into the right direction and communicate against that um, a purpose uh, at the right moment in time. So really, uh, it is about around major events. Um, having the right rhetorics and communicating what 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 we all need to change too, uh, and then uh, it fits neatly within the theme. So, for instance, at the K Messe, the big plastics fair last year, we were really talking about how to um, how the best things come unpacked, uh, which is quite um, yeah quite radical in that sense at a big plastics fair because everybody's just trying to sell plastics so, but it really is that totally changed the rhetorics on stage as well and in uh, the news uh, following that fair so i'm particularly proud of those moments in time where we seem to be able to influence the rhetorics around plastics uh, in the right direction and the same goes for the global plastics treaty where we're quite well involved now uh, trying to see if we can integrate more uh, the voices of people usually not at the foreground so having uh, optimized reuse systems but sometimes even uh, yeah, voicing the opinion of small island developing states or informal waste sector um, and those elements are really quite in, um, uh, important if you're talking about global plastics treaty and I think uh, it's quite nice that we managed to see all the relevant trends and developments and communicate about it in an inclusive way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've been working with with organisations over the last six years in the plastic space, as you know. And before working on that, I don't think I ever thought about packaging all that all that much. And it's just once you start getting into packaging, it's 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 this thing that's there in plain sight, but suddenly so interesting when it opens up to you, and you go, "Wow!" If you start thinking about packaging, it's it's there. It's the thing that fills up our bins every single week. It's mainly packaging and there's so much to it. And yet we so rarely think about it other than, um, you know, most people just don't think about it at all. They just take things out of the package. It goes in a bin and, and it, and it, and, and you don't really think about it all that much, but, um, it is absolutely fascinating once you get more and more into it and unpackage and reuse and all those other things. It is all about creating new habits as well, right? So we're so used to having all this commercialized packaging around us and smart marketeers trying to compel us to buy their products. Mm. Um, we don't even think about it anymore that much. And uh, I think it's quite interesting how at this moment in time, there's behavioral change experts and uh, more like the technology innovations experts uh, coming together and trying to see how can you influence people's habits uh, even yeah. better Um that they start to think about the world, the way they use any products, uh, regardless of which packaging. So I think yeah. that's a quite interesting moment in time we are at. Yeah. And as you say, you can't get change if people aren't thinking about something. So, you know, if, 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 if it's not on someone's mind, they're not going to make those changes. And so it's, it's first about waking them up, showing them that actually this is, this is all stuff here. This is your waste and, and um, someone's responsible for it, whether it's producer as is being discussed in the EU at the moment, or on the consumer as well. And I think it's probably a bit of both. 
True, and I also think that the, if you're talking about that's a consumer angle, I think a lot of the decision makers within either producing or, or be major users of, of plastic, so within companies, often are not much aware about the impact that um, plastics have after it leaves the gate. Yeah. And that rhetoric has totally changed, of course, uh, over the last few years. But now uh, there's a lot more information out there about how to change it for the better and to um, how do you say that? Seduce your customers into trying new business models or um, yeah, making sure that after uh, plastics are used that they keep their value and you can use them again. Mm -hmm. So tell us about one of your biggest failures and one of your biggest communications failures that you've had in your career. I think what I, I've been running serious business for seven years now. I think what I've been failing at, at the beginning is um, sometimes thinking that uh, people would be just as driven as me to make a positive change to the world, so really leave the world in a better place than I found it in, uh, whereas that may have been a bit naive, and um, you know, companies are mostly about generating profit and increasing margins. Um, it's sometimes been a failure to communicate more about the higher purpose, whereas not everyone is driven in the same way I am. So not everybody shares the same purpose. And um, it's a, a balance about finding the right angle to communicate in. So that also strikes with if people are stuck in a specific linear business model and are just having their bonuses or uh, how do you make it relevant to them and how do you keep uh, true to your own purpose at the same time. So not just talking business, but also about the higher goal. And this has constantly been a balance, at least with me. And I have more people helping me in, in communication, but um, it certainly is always a balance between uh, talking about what's right to do for the greater good and the higher purpose and uh, in the short term, more short-sighted of what is uh, generating profit for a company. And there's always a, trying to find a niche where there's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure any um, lots of people in communications and business as well will, will think of those times where they've wasted time with someone who seems to be nodding along and absolutely agreeing with everything that you're saying. Uh, because obviously it is the right thing to do, but actually you don't know that inside their head they're thinking, okay, that's great, but I'm actually thinking this and you haven't really won them over. Have you have you got any specific example there of wasting time uh, trying to change yeah, someone for but sure. not, um, not knowing? Yeah. yeah, I have been talking very much at the start with the, um, a major production firm and um, they said, yeah, sure, you can have a look at our plastic waste and see what you can give as advice on. And I said, okay, so I need to have some kind of indication of the volumes and um, yeah, magnitude and geographic scope. And then I can tell you how much time I would need to spend, so what my fee would be. And um, that person was really confused. And now I'm confused because I thought you were in it for the greater good. And so and now you want me to charge me for what you're going to do. It's like, yeah, so now I'm confused. That's what I said, because uh, how come you're only supposed to generate money if you're to destroy our planet and not to make it better. So for me, that was really an eye-opener, like thinking that people are, are not so much interested in talking about waste, at least back then it wasn't. And uh, it really was a waste of time because um, yeah, it wasn't about money and it wasn't about uh, what's in it for the company. It was really, yeah, a very different way of looking at the same problem and having, yeah, 
touched upon that. Whereas now you can easily find like there's a sweet spot in the middle, but we are really yeah. talking two different angles and not even touching close. So it also helped me to optimize my uh, my approach. Yeah, and I suppose that 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 really talks to to your biggest challenge. Have you have you had had any other really big big challenges as well apart from that? You know the money conversation, which everyone always finds finds a challenge when to bring it up and. And as soon as money comes into the picture, it changes the conversation. Well, other angle has been that um, running a company that's mission-driven generally then triggers people thinking that you're uh, an NGO or a foundation. Um, and then you're just depending on the subsidies or grants. So the commercial element of running a, a social enterprise is not well known still to a lot of people. So that is often a challenge for me when talking to the major companies and you're talking about the greater good. Uh, um, again, having that balance into like, okay, but yeah, how can we change it for the better? And there's also a business model in it for both of us. Um, so we can um, spend our time on things that really matter and avoid plastic waste. And we help the company in finding a niche in, in where is a win-win, both in terms of environment and in terms of profitable business model. And that is something that we can... Yeah, we typically are, are, are yeah, struggling with sometimes still because if you were use the word action, uh, sometimes that even is too radical for a bit more conservative-minded people. Uh, so you really have to mind your rhetorics and think about like, okay, look into the company and what are they used to? And do they have a more conservative stance or are they really straight, yeah, quite, quite forward thinking? And um, yeah. always trying yeah. to find a balance there in communication. Tell us a bit about the Global Plastics Treaty from the Dutch stance, because this is something that uh, I've been working very closely on with our great client, Plastic Planet, and Sean Sutherland, and others from the UK angle. But tell us about what you've been doing on that, and what's and what's your what's your stance? What do you want want from it? I think well, my angle might not be it definitely is not the same as the stance from the Dutch government. I have to say that I mean I'm quite well aware of what's going on in the Netherlands and always trying to push the envelope and, uh, and getting more ambitious in terms of uh, uh, legislation that would be help uh, help helpful to create a circular economy on plastics. Um, <clears throat> but I wouldn't say the Dutch government is the most ambitious one. I think Norway and Rwanda are in the high ambition coalition, um, really leading. Uh, countries towards an ambitious tar uh, targets in the global plastics treaty Great. and that and is so, quite helpful and, uh, and so just just for listeners that don't know anything about it at all um so essentially the global plastics treaty is where country, countries around the world are coming together and really it's one of the most ambitious things since uh, the the uh, paris agreement on climate change uh, um, and it's where countries are coming together to try and reach some kind of agreement on what we do on plastic. And the most ambitious people want a reduction in plastic overall. And some of the least ambitious really want it to be dealing only with plastic waste. Am I am I right in kind of summarizing that way? Yeah, true, true. Of course, there's many nuances. So there's different discussions going on, like do you need to make a cap on plastic production or not? And how much should there be in terms of mandatory requirements or should it be global or national uh, driven? Uh, so there's quite some discussion in that regard. And there's a couple of countries that really have like those high ambitions to um, create a very solid, strict framework under which you can produce and use plastics. And, and that coalition of companies is led by uh, both Norway and Rwanda. 
Um, and whereas there's other types of companies that have also joined their own coalition and they're more about uh, more voluntary targets and national driven. So um, you can say in that sense that it will be less ambitious uh, than uh, uh, the other ones and trying to find common ground and seeing what instruments work and what um, yeah, lessons can be drawn from best practices already. So we have done a quite a, some time now with a linear system uh, about 70 years and can see where the linear um, economy of plastics and yeah <laughs> makes us end up in and now we're trying to see how can we change that system really having the right triggers more truth pricing uh, making sure that plastics do have a value if it's such a great material why use it only once so really helping to uh, set more stand higher standards and stricter legislation and i think it's a very exciting time to be uh, in and influencing both governments but also relevant stakeholders around it so getting insights from relevant scientists from ngos uh, also from leading companies in that sense i think it's a, a exciting time great and and i think i'll just explain that point for some of our listeners because we do hear it a lot the linear economy and the circular economy and the linear economy really is when things are made um, but the end of life of those products really isn't thought about. So you make something, considering it just to go to the consumer, and then it's really for the consumer in the end to put it in a bin or maybe put it in a recycling bin. Um, but in a circular economy, the person producing it is really thinking of what it's going to end up at as in the end of its life. And you're trying to uh, put all the items that are in in that, in that um, thing that's being built back into a circular system so that actually you're thinking about the end of life of it and it's coming back in and it's getting reused or recycled in that kind of way. So that's what people are kind of talking about there. Um, yeah, as you're sure, with linear, I usually mean like take, make, break. Yeah, that's And with it. circular, you keep on making circular use of your resources, which of course are finite in our world. So uh, it also makes smart economic sense to keep using the same resources so you don't have to purchase them or... Um, yeah, frack them or wherever I get them from. Good. So t- tell us a bit about where you get your news from. Uh, most of our news we get either through um, LinkedIn is a very important medium. Yeah. But, but I mean, how about you yourself? Myself? Yeah, when you wake up. I, I, I am a big fan of, um, uh, how do you say that, um, investigative journalism. So there's uh, platforms yeah. like Follow the Money. I think that's really interesting okay. seeing where, uh, how our world works and having a bit more uh, investigative research, but also following some of the major uh, uh, newspapers, so The Guardian, but also New York Times. Um, but for me, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter are also quite relevant sources to, to yeah. find new insights, hear some excerpts pa- talk about relevant uh, developments. So those are uh, uh, some of the relevant media for me. And of course, the, for me, events. I think it's also good to go at events uh, and, and see who's speaking there and um, catch up with people on what they've been working on and what the current challenges are or potential for, for future collaboration. Great. And how about TV, radio and podcasts? Are, the, are those sources for you? Uh, radio is actually mostly for fun. There's a couple of ones that have interesting interviews, uh, podcasts I do listen to. I also yeah. uh, get a lot of suggestions for people uh, to listen to relevant uh, podcasts. Any any particular ones? Um, there's a there's a couple of ones. Um, of course, this one, but there's also a few from um, a 
actually the Dutch government that have That's been... That's very kind um, of you to say. Yeah, it is. <laughs> also, the newsletter I really yeah. like. We can see that it's quite relevant news. That's Plastic Free Post for anyone who's not listening. So you can get that by going on the Higginson Strategy uh, website and signing up there. Thanks for that. Thanks for that yeah. plug. And there's also a couple of ones that are really about growing businesses. So for me, that's uh, relevant. So it's not just about plastic. I'm interested in, mm. in any type of um, transformation in industry. Uh, and there's a couple of different ones. Some that I listen to just regu- like regularly and sometimes just um, yeah, once every now and again if I get a tip. So I'm open to any any more tips on uh, on relevant podcasts. Uh, but radio uh, or t- TV, I, I hardly ever um, go to because I, I can have like a review if I listen to any type type of um, relevant show. So I listen to in the Netherlands. There's a uh, avant show from Lubach, which is a really, um, I think, is a really relevant show showing like the actual developments and uh, also putting a bit of humor in helps. So that works for me. Great. And, and, and what do you do to de-stress after, after a hard day? How do you relax? I dance. Oh, what kind of dancing? <laughs> I dance Zouk, uh, which is a very intuitive dance. So uh, there's no more thinking involved, just following the lead, which is also nice because I lead a lot. So uh, to relax, I, I just follow. And that's really nice to go with the flow and not think for a minute. Yeah. I've, I've not heard I've not heard of souk dancing before is it, do, do you go to a class what's the music like I've been taking classes for years now I know there's a uh, classes still but also socials and uh, it's quite active it is officially from Brazil okay. uh, it's a very intuitive more like a samba great sounds like a good way to de-stress um if you could give one piece of advice to yourself earlier in your c- career what what would it be it would be to follow my intuition even more. I think what I've been taught at university studying business is a lot to focus on numbers and data, which I like. I like uh, to have um, something solid to base your opinion on. Yet in business, I found that intuition is often a very good, uh, yeah, very good to follow because it's just never wrong. If something doesn't feel right, uh, go with your guts and uh, either go for it or not, but depending on what your intuition tells you. And uh, there have been moments in my career that I just thought, well, the numbers indicate differently, so I'm just going to ignore my intuition and my feelings. And it always turned out bad. So I would say just yeah, follow your intuition. It knows the way. Yeah. Follow your gut. That's a great message to leave on. Willemine Peters, founder and CEO of Serious Business. Thank you for joining me. John Higginson on Communicating Purpose. Today's episode was produced by Joe Leonard Waters.